0: NRL Rewind, hosted by Matt Namofsky. Hello, NRL fans. Welcome back to the NRL Rewind podcast. I'm your host, Matt Namofsky. Welcome to the round 24 review. Only one more round to go. This is a very interesting uh, round, a lot of movers and shakers. I've got Johnny with me, mate. Johnny, how are you?
1: Oh, a bit mixed emotions. I think I've just got knocked out on our catch um, draft comp, but
0: uh, classic-wise, I did pretty well. Yeah, it was, it's one of those things. I obviously got knocked out in draft last week and been paying no attention to the scores, not following what's going on. So once you're out, you're out, but classic has definitely keeping us going. So, look, you'll be praying for the SC gods. You got, I think, 21 points to make up. So hopefully they got a cheeky couple of Burton points <laughs> in there for you to get you over the line there.
1: Oh, I'm not holding my breath. I think my team has just been decimated over, over the past month. Just had just had both my full backs go RTS. So I made the master of going cleary to Dewey and Dewey got knocked out. And yeah, my my team's unlike support. So even if I didn't make it to the grand final, I think I'd be uh, on another end of a turbo digging. So
0: well, jo- join me in 2022 SuperCoach prep because that's what that's where I'm at right now. So, let's get into it, mate. We'll go right into the first game on Thursday. It was your team Newcastle 15 to 14 winners uh, on uh, Mitch Pierce last year. How's the oh, how is going, there, mate?
1: Oh, it's been the story of the, yes, the Knights. What five, we, we we've got five wins in a row, but um, you know, have been um winning pretty, but we've just managed to get it done. Um, I mean, you know, if you asked me a month month ago how would I feel if, you know, the Knights were seventh, um, you know, secure a second final spot, I'd be over the moon. But the fact that we haven't been winning pretty uh, means hopefully we have another year or two by the time finals come around.
0: Yeah, we've said it for a couple of podcasts now. To me, it's the the fact that this uh, Newcastle run that we both looked at and we both targeted Kalen Ponga from a super coach perspective. We like, you got Broncos, you've got Bulldogs, you've got Cowboys, you got Titans, you got Tigers, you got all these teams that you just wanted to load up on. And like I said, they haven't looked convincing in any really. This was a good game, but yeah, the Titans really, with their season on the line, they kind of show that they're still a little bit away. I think a lot of us overreacted in the off season to Tino and Fita going over there, but they still have some questions, especially in the halves. Obviously, Ash Taylor dropped for this game. Um, no, AJ Brimson, what, what did you think from the Gold Coast halves? Do you think Ash Taylor's played potentially his last game for the Titans?
1: I think so. Uh, so, you know, this was a really um, make or break game, and the fact that they, they dropped him, I think the writings on the war that you know, there's definitely uh, no, no future for, for Taylor, at least after the Titans. Um, yeah, to put um, Tyron PJ there, it was an like,
0: interesting move. But, yeah. Yeah, look, they've got Tanner Boyd, they've got Toby Sexton, they've got a couple of young guys. They're going to have to have somebody in the Caps so They could easily go and sign someone, you know, a nice veteran to part next to Jamal there. And I think you've seen some signs from Jaden Campbell this year that, you know, if AJ Brimson does go down with the injury, which in his short career does seem like he does get injured quite a bit, you don't want to throw the injury tag on someone, but it's definitely looking that way. Titans. For next year they got a couple more signings get a couple of more contracts off the book they might be in position but like you said it looks like we're going for a showdown newcastle was power round one potentially so 0 one rematch time for redemption so i guess like you said if you're a newcastle fan if i if i told you a month ago that you're definitely in the finals and you're versing a very nice matchup from Parramatta, you'd probably be taking that every day so for newcastle you know Clifford, Ponga, Pierce, Braley, all playing together for the third time this season. Watson's getting some consistent minutes. It's turning, it's turning in the right direction now.
1: Yeah, that's right. Um, Look, well, Pierce and um, Pierce and Clifford. He's, well, I guess, the pair's undefeated for twenty twenty one when they've played together. So uh, he's hoping we can continue.
0: Hundred percent. We'll move on to the next game, mate. It was Canberra 28 defeating the Warriors 16, a team, a, a game where both teams needed a win to keep the final hopes alive. The Warriors are now knocked out after a pretty, again, for the second year in a row, a very good season playing away from home, losing RTS, like you said, uh, before the season finished to Harris, one of your better players going out with a knee injury. Um, so they're all up against it. but Canberra here, we, we were talking about, there was so many podcasts in a row where you and me were calling the 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 Canberra Faders, the Pretenders, all these different names, and it was warranted. But you're starting to now see the Raiders, they've solidified their four-pack to who they want to play with. I thought Matt Frawler coming into this game for Sam Williams was a huge in, and Jordan Rapana has really uh, ignited this team to a different level.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know... In the middle of the season, we thought there was, you know, Camera was going through some really dark times. We thought, you know, Stick has lost the change room. And uh, their credit, you know, they're making a late charge home to the finals potentially, you know, if, if results go their way. Um, who, who knows? We could actually see them, you know, sneak titles.
0: 100%. And, you know, Ch- Chan's been back the last two weeks. Obviously, there's a lot of rust, but, you know, if they get him another run next week off the bench, they maybe even round one play like you know. If they get eighth eighth place and they're versing the Roosters, who are so depleted right now, it's not going to shock you at all if the Roosters go in and take out the Roosters and make it to the second week of the finals that one, and then you know they they might potentially get you know if you think about the bottom of eight or the bottom of the ladder there, you got either the Rabbits or Manly in round two. You know, again, I'm not going to rule them out of that game altogether. So this Raiders season has really. Twisted and turned the way that they're going to make the finals potentially. This is looking like it's opening up for them in the exact way it needed to. Yeah,
1: potentially, you know, they've got that massive forward pack, and you know, with um, Chance back, um, you yeah, know, I think we've already discussed it in the season. Um, that you know, chard's missing was a huge piece of the puzzle, and you know, with him back, hopefully, if he can get the rust out, um you know, he starts back into fullback, and you know, that backline looking a lot more healthy.
0: Hundred percent. And last thing on the Warriors again, again, it was a great season. You know, on the ladder historically, the last two years, you're going to see them. I think they were like 12th last year. They're going to be around 12th again this year. You're going to look and go, oh, they were pretty two bad years, but. For for what they've done in terms of uprooting themselves and their families, moving over here, you know, they were playing. They had some lone players. they had Townsend come over. They were playing O'Sullivan. Harris DeVito was out for most of the season. Nick Rima's form dropped out of the out of the whole floor. There's just so many different things. You know, Hiku was out with injury. All these different things that you had. But you know, Rhys Walsh moving forward with a couple of their young guys, they've got a good foundation. So obviously end of their season, but. I think another season they can be proud of and, you know, they've done the job of what they needed to do.
1: Yeah, look, another rough season. You know, they had, you know, really major injuries, like you said. Um, but yeah, it looks like they've got some shining lights to come out of this season. Um, you know, Reece Walsh, the obvious one. Um, Dallin, which uh need to listen to, last year, really good out there on the wing. And then you've got um, Josh Cruz, who's uh, been a revelation on the edge, along with Ewan uh, Aiken as well. So a lot to build on
0: going forward. A lot to build on, indeed. We'll move on to the last game on Friday. It was the Rabbits 54 defeating the Roosters 12. Mm. A lot of storylines to come out of this one. Obviously, on the field itself, in terms of the scoreline, it was pretty predictable. You know, when Jerry Warrior Hargreaves was ruled out, um, their forward leader, you kind of knew that where this was kind of going to go with the way a Cody Walker, Alex Johnson, Latrell Mitchell's been in form. But... Take, taking out the, the the Rabbits dominance for a while. The, the big storyline, obviously, is the Latrell Mitchell uh, antics, we'll call it. Obviously, starting with the high shot on Joey Manu, leading into the scoring the trying and throwing the ball on a player's head at the floor. Um, what were your overall thoughts of that? Because, obviously, as we're recording this now, Latrell Mitchell has accepted a six-match ban, so the season is over. So what what did we see from Latrell? Obviously, had a, had a great season. You know, we will talk about it in our group chat. There was a lot of times early last year when I drafted him in the first two or three rounds, we were like, is he a fullback? How long did goose move back to centre? This year you showed he was an outstanding fullback he's played some great footy, but a couple of brain snaps, you know, against that Tigers and now this one. What's your thoughts on, I guess, the last game you saw for Latrell in 2021?
1: Yeah, look, um, I, I think Robbo nailed it in the press conference how, you know, um, the reason why we love the is that you know he plays with so much passion. He, but he plays on the edge, and you know he does have, um, I guess, you know these brain snaps in him. In terms of the incident itself, you know it was very ugly. But I think it was the way he carried on afterwards um, really didn't help his case. I think you know in the moment, I think he. It, it's it's hard to say. Uh, like I don't think he meant it intentionally to you know. Break uh, hit he, one of his old old mates' um, freaking cheekbone, but it's just the way that he wasn't really remorseful. He was still really fired up afterwards. Um, yeah, I think that that looks bad.
0: Yeah, and I think Wayne Bennett tried to you know put it down to another, another chapter in the rivalry for the Roosters and the Rabbits. But you know when I saw the, the hit live, I was like, oh shit! Like you know, like Manu was like kind of curled over. He did bounce back up later in the play, but you can just tell the way he got here. He's like, Oh, that there was definitely like some, some force in like, like above the, above the neck. And then obviously when you see the replay, and then I don't know if you've seen um, the NRL physios one where he, he blew his nose and then the, the, the bone, the, the swelling just went up. And then that's when he kind of, I think that's when he realized that the adrenaline was out of him. And that's when he went to go walk up to Latrell, um, you know, cause if it was just that instant, but obviously then he does score the try, carries on a bit, throws the ball down. And then you had James Tedesco, his origin uh, captain, then even like pushing him going like, what are you doing, mate? Like, you know, these are all things that, again, a great fiery player and we do like those sort of players, you know, Gordon and all those type of players back in the day. But yeah, for, for, for him to be now stamped out of the season, um, it, you basically have to put a marker through them now because whoever they're going to put a fullback, whether that's Taffy, whether they move Johnson the fullback, that is a totally different team without at fullback.
1: Yeah, that's right. Um, look, it's, it's an unfortunate situation where really no no one really wins, you know. We, we, we see the last of Lachelle Mitchell. We see the last of, I guess, Joey Marnie for the season. And, um, yeah, I think the competition is worse off for
0: that. 100%. And, again, similar to the my Warriors take uh, to end this game, the Roosters obviously going to play finals for you. They're going to have to be heard from, but... We're now talking. This is a B-string a B sign. I don't know if we saw if you saw the article from Fox Sports, but if you look at all the players that are retired, suspended, or injured, we're little yeah. we're, we're yeah. guys on the bench. No, we got a Fletcher Baker, we got an Egan Butcher. These are the guys that are starting playing big minutes. And you know, Brad Abbey, you obviously picked him up in Super Curse this week to fill a hold at fullback. There's just so you know, <laughs> Trent <to> <laughs> Drew Hutchinson, you know, a fine player, but not someone who needs to be leading a top four. So these are. I can't wait. And I was just talking to just went for a walk earlier the day with Dave today. And I said to him, I said, I'm going to load up on the Roosters in 2022 in Coach, Because to me, Luke Keary is one of the best playmakers in the comp. He's going to be back from round one. You know, You know they're going to buy, they're going to buy a couple of plays with the Boyd Corden and Jake Friend money. they got Connor Watson coming down on the bench. This is going to be a vastly different team to what we're seeing now. So to me, already thinking my 2022 hat on, the Roosters are 100% to me. Uh, obviously, besides the Storm and the Panthers this is definitely one of the sides I'm going to be loading up on draft on because I just can't wait to see this side. If they're doing what they're doing now and having, you know, Trent Robertson nearly crying on a press conference, like battling for them, I can't wait to see them full strength.
1: Yeah. I mean, honestly, the, the side that's out at the moment could probably be the side that they're uh, rolling out on the puck right now, to be honest. I mean, if you take James Descartes out of the side, you know, there's really, uh, it's a really bare bones sort of side when, you know, you look at the players who are out. You've got, you know, the Morris brothers, you've got uh, Luke Curie, you've got Boyd Corner, you've got uh, um, uh, Angus Cryden even,
0: mm.
1: away from suspension, of course, but yeah.
0: 100%. We'll move on to the next game, mate. We'll roll through these next two. Not not too much to talk about in terms of finals and locations and uh, what they were. The first game, Cowboys 38 defeating the Dragons 16, this one, all I'm going to say about this is if you're a Dragons fan, you know, this has been the epitome of the last five seasons for you. You you take the lead, you score a try just on half time. The, the combination between Amone and Sloan gets you salivating for 2022. And then you just leak four tries in 10 minutes to a Cowboy side that has been, for these last 10 games, been atrocious in attack. To me, the fact that, you know, every, every season, a team needs to look back on a certain game and it kind of sums up their season. This to me is the dragons game. You look back at this game and you'll go, what was the 2021 dragon season? Like And you just pointed to this Cowboys game because if you're a dragon, I don't know, you, you got some nice young talent for next season. There's no doubt about that. You know, having Sloan, Amone, Sullivan, all those guys, you know, doing their work. It was good to see, but yeah, defensively that effort in letting in those four really soft tries, you know, what, what do you say? Nom?
1: Yeah, I mean, this Cowboys I mean, they've had a horror, you know, 10-week stretch since their last win. And, uh, um, yeah, I mean, for, for the Dragons to, I guess, concede so many to this. his Cowboys side, let me see. that. I think they conceded five in that second half to the Cowboys. Um, look, I think the Cowboys, you know, the, they just sort of out enthused them. And, uh, yeah, the Hammer, I think he looked great at fullback. Um, you know, that, that raw speed. Um yeah, really
0: excited to see what what's to come. Yeah, hundred percent. And again, don't want to spend too much time on this game because obviously both teams out of the race for the finals. The dragons were technically in it, uh, but obviously got blown out in this game. Cowboys again. We'll talk later in the off season. I don't really see a path forward for next season for them to get much better than where they are right now. But you know, we'll see what happens there. For the dragons again, if you're a dragons fan, you've got to look at that young talent. And that's all really got to hope for because. From a coaching perspective, from a veteran player perspective, I'm not seeing it right now. So we'll move on to the next game because, again, not too much on that one. This one, again, one team that was in the finals contention here, the Sharks, 24, defeating the Broncos, 16, keeping their season in their top eight hopes alive. Um, they're really submitting themselves in that battle there against the Titans. So it's going to be one of those uh, teams, and obviously the Raiders. Um, what do you see from the Sharks here? Because, again, they blew out the Tigers last week, but did a pretty tough against Brisbane this week.
1: Yeah, um, I'm not sure if that's a reflection on the Sharks or, I guess, um, a reflection on the the much improved Broncos in terms of the defence, really. Um, You know, they they look a lot better. Um, I'm not sure if it's, you know, the Ben Eichen factor or, or, you know, um, the fact that, you know, they've got Abbott Kelly back. But, um, look, in defence, they look a lot... I mean, you know, a few weeks back, if you saw the Broncos... Um, in the draw, you, you expect them, your team to put 50 points on but um, the, all I have to say for the Broncos is that yeah, they, they're looking a, ho- a whole lot better towards the end of the, the season, I guess, now that they have nothing to play for. In terms of the Sharks, um, I think you know, Brandon Trindle, he's been uh, um, amazing, really. I mean, he was a guy that pretty much knocked you out single-handedly last week.
0: Don't speak his name uh, on this uh, podcast, mate. Uh,
1: yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, the, the Sharks, they, I think, um, you yeah, know, Luke Metcalf and, yeah, the, the, the he who shall not be named <laughs> uh, looked really good in the halves.
0: Yeah, I think for the Sharkies, again, I was talking again to uh, Dave and my run today. You kind of look at them for next season because, obviously, even if they make the finals, they're probably going to down in round one, but the fact that you can, you know, it'll be losing for feeder, Woods, Dugan, Sean Johnson next year and you get to bring in. Dahl Cameron McInnes, Nico Hines. To me, they're easily for me the, the team where you look at where they're going to finish this year and where they're going to be next year and what's the difference. To me, it's going to be easy. That's a top four side to me. The way that they play right now, they've got Craig Fitzgibbon from all reports. He's going to be, you know, one of those coaches that can't miss. Um they're going to be there. And for the Broncos, it has been an improvement. Kevy's getting them to play. The players that are on the park are less talented than what they had this at the start of the year, you know you kind of look at even at one slot there. Pengo was playing lock at the start of the year. Now you've got Kirby Hetherington and they're not losing too much. You know what I mean? It's those type of things, you know, you had a Pat Carrigan who was there. Now Tom Flegler's in there. It's all these type of things that will add up in the end. And I think they are going to have an improved season next year, especially with Adam Reynolds coming to the club. So we'll leave it there. We'll move on to the last three games because these are obviously a lot, a lot of uh, contenders in these ones. So, Last game on Saturday, my Paramount Eels 22 defeating the Melbourne Storm 10, and breaking the 19 uh, game win streak. And as a, as this game was going on, Nom, I'm I'm talking to Hilda, I'm messaging Jason. I'm saying I'm not I'm not I'm not trusting this. We're going to lose. We're going to lose. And there was 10 minutes left. We're going to lose. Five minutes left. We're going to lose. But somehow this team just played literally their best game in about three seasons. Who
1: would have thought? I mean, I think there were hundred to one odds to actually uh, defeat the the streak, but I mean, to their credit, they just came out. Um, it, it, do you think it was an attitude thing? I mean, they just came out, they hit harder, they um, you know, they really steamrolled them up in the middle. They sort of Melbourne stormed the Melbourne storm.
0: Yeah, I, I think two things, and people will say that I'm a homer and I'm trying to brush it off, but one will be our four pack aimed up, which is very surprising because you have no. Uh, Ryan Madison in there, Um, you know you got publicly oh, playing up in the middle. You got No Reed Marnie. So that was one thing that definitely surprised me. I think Junior Paulo had his best game in two seasons. That to me was he he played an outstanding game. So the second thing is, I think it was I think Melbourne was off. There was no doubt about that because to me the last couple of weeks you looked at how the Rabbits and Manly attacked us. They saw the edge with Wanga Blake. So on this on this particular night it was Dunster, uh Dylan Brown and Wanga Blake, and they just merciful. They just kept going to it and going to it and going to it. Melbourne went there once at the start of the game, got success, and never went back. Really, it was really really surprising. I thought that their their attack looked tired. Uh, I think having Pappenhausen in the back for the full game this week. Uh, no, Nico Hines kind of sprinkling in on his sweeps. Uh, Jerome Hughes looked tentative, um, and Harry Grant. Had his first off game in a Melbourne jersey. I think, you know, three forward passes. I think it was there wasn't the electric running of Brandon Smith coming out of dummy half. He was basically a lock forward for the whole game. It, it was a, a combination of factors. I thought Melbourne was off. Uh, Melbourne were tired, and I thought Parramatta just aimed up. And you know, in the pro, in the post game, Brad Arthur was defended by Guthrie and Mitch Moses. They like don't listen to the outside guys. We're going to play for you, and it bloody showed because I was one of those guys saying. The Cowboys, then, was going to be our last victory of the season. We're going to get rolled by Melbourne and the Panthers, get rolled by whoever was going to versus in the round one, and Brad Arthur will be sacked. And I'm I'm still not there to say if we lose to Newcastle in round one, who knows, but to me, w- what a performance. As a Para fan, that was easily the most impressive performance I've seen in two seasons.
1: Yeah, you beat them twice this season, so uh, props to Para. Um In terms of the Melbourne song, um, look, I think this was coming. I, it was sort of like, do you remember mid where the rabbits had a few games where they were off, and then they got pumped 50, by 50 points by the storm, and then they got pumped by 50 points for the Panthers. Yeah, it was sort of like this for the storm. You know, and they only lost by 12 points, but last week, you know, they were down in the game against the Titans, I think before that, they were they were what they're sort of. Um, um, I guess they didn't have as much polish as you usually expect and I think the storm will come out this they sort of, not sure if they needed this but um, you know they'll come out a lot better for it on the other side and I think um, it'll, it'll sort of reset them for the finals.
0: Yeah, you look back, they really turned on that Cowboys game and that was the first game when Pernhausen came back off the bench and Cowboys jumped them, looked like they were going to beat them uh, and they got through. To me, This team has, obviously, I've been watching the Melbourne really closely. One, because I think I bet them for the premiership. Two, I have a lot of Melbourne players in my super coach. And since that game, since Pappenhausen has re-entered the lineup, something has changed. There's been a shift. Uh, There was, to me, Nico Hines and Pappenhausen as fullbacks are very different players. Nico Hines does not have speed and relies on the craftiness of his ball playing, decepting into gaps. Pappenhausen is all about getting that ball and creating overlaps for himself and, you know, doing that. And you gotta think our team has been playing 10 weeks consistently with one style of, you know, your sweeper, and all of a sudden you switch it to a guy who's tentative and obviously a much better player overall, but right now it's still tentative. Like, you know, we said in the group chat, as soon as when he went down getting that elbow from Dylan Brown, we all thought we were never gonna see him again. Like well, he just like crumbled. And obviously, I don't know if it was milk with the penalty or it was just the shock that he took a bit of a hit. But yeah, I think next week you will see hardly anyone play for Melbourne because Coming out of this game, you got ado who's pinged his hammy. Looks like it's two to four weeks. you got Harry Grant. you got Jesse Bromwich going to the judiciary. Um, I think you're going to see a lot of resting from Melbourne next week. I think they're going to throw in the minor premiership. Uh, I think Panthers will get that now because Panthers are a team that don't need to be resting. Um, so yeah, this this to me, I, I hate the people who say they needed this before the finals. I'm, I'm never about that. You keep winning until you stop winning. Uh, but some worrying signs as a guy who's backed Melbourne the whole way and said they're the best team comfortably. I'm not even a Melbourne fan. I'm, I'm slightly worried now because I'm looking at a team like the Panthers and a team like Manly and I can really see them now walking or a stadium and beating Melbourne which I did not see five weeks ago.
1: Look, I think the loss, you know, makes everyone step back and, you know, the storm can be beaten but then again and, you know, we, we'll talk about Manly and the Panthers today. They didn't look we expected them to put, you know, 50, 60, 70 on and their attack. I'm not sure if their attack wasn't on song or it was the defense or I guess the fight in the Dogs and the Tigers.
0: That's a professional segue, mate. Let's get right into it. So obviously the two games today, Manly 36 defeating the Bulldogs 18, Panthers 30 defeating the Tigers 16. Let's do these together because I think, again, what happened on the field was, you know, what it is. Let, let the Bulldogs and Tigers, their seasons are over. Bulldogs, wooden Spoon. Tigers, without Adam Dewey, was no short in this game. Been in a very up and down season. Manly and the Panthers, let's start there. Obviously, like you said, their attack did not click today. It really took for Manly, Tom and Turbo in the second half to say, I've got this, which we've come to see now. And for the Panthers, it actually kind of took Jerome Lua to take, the, to, the, to take a bit of a leading role here. Because Nathan Cleary, for how good he's looked off his little... Uh, return here from his injury. This was the first game where there was some rust. And it was really that left edge of Jerome Luai and Billy Kikau who really stood up here and got the job done.
1: Yeah, who would have thought, you know, Jerome Luai stepped up. Um, You know, he he certainly hasn't been stepping up for my fantasy for the past two (laughs) months. Um, So, yeah, Jerome Luai did look good. You know, he had that try. Um, to be honest, I didn't. With of the game, I didn't see a minute of this because I was actually too scared to watch it. Because I was versing a bloke who had Saab, he had uh, Garrick as captain, he had a uh, foreign. Um, yeah, t- tell me what happened in in this, uh, dogs and Eagles games.
0: Well, the, the dogs aimed up, and they, they played their best half of footy uh, in that. Like you look back to that first game against Newcastle, uh, where they jumped Newcastle at the start and got the early lead. It was very similar to that. Their forwards came out, really tried to do a number. I thought all their backs, you know, came in, took some early runs to me. And they just, they, they lessened their, their errors and took advantage of the manly ones. So they went in half time. And again, you kind of knew manly was going to come back here, but it actually did take, you know, in the second half DC stood up a little bit, but this was turbo. This was without a shadow of doubt. If turbo does not play in this game, I think they do lose to the Bulldogs because you know, you look at his three tries, especially that last one where he just takes that, uh, takes the X and just goes straight over someone. He, he was, whatever, Vez said in that locker room, he probably just took Turbo to the side and said, hey, can you please win this game for us? Like, well, what are we doing here? So, you know, Saab and Garrick, you know, didn't have their best games. You know, they obviously are normally the beneficiaries of a Tom Turbo show. Um, Turbo was very selfish today. Every time there was a sweep, he was looking to go himself. Um, There's a couple of times where the board did go out, but to me, this was a pick your spots battle. I thought the Manly forward pack there were some definite holes in it today, and as we go into the finals now, some teams have some really nice forward packs that can muscle against Manly. That's going to be very telling if you know Manly's making 30 meters a set versus 50 meters a set to give Turbo that attacking opportunity. So, from again all all these sides, you know Melbourne Manly and Panthers didn't have their best games this week, but they're, they're going to be they're going to be there and thereabouts, and they're going to do some good things in these last couple of rounds. But again, if you're looking at a pessimistic uh, view at it, if you've got a a full-pack that can go against Manly's and really go over them, there's a chance you can neutralize Manly because Bulldogs did it for 40 minutes. And if Bulldogs can do it, I have a lot of faith in the world that our Canberra can do it, for example. To me, if you're a Canberra fan. If you can get an eighth spot, if you can knock off the depleted Rooster side and verse Manly, you're a chance for a prelim. There's no doubt. I have no doubts about that
1: yeah um so, sorry I, I just i was looking i was looking at um looking back at the scores last time to see who's the bulldogs it was 66 nil last time it
0: was yeah and again that that was so, that was a game of patches where they just never got in they never got into the game the bulldogs but in this game here from the jump they said no we're not gonna we're not gonna mm. be jumpy you know hetherington and Josh Jackson, I thought, were their best play, or were their best forwards, obviously. Um, you know, Josh Jackson, 19 runs, 150 meters. For Josh Jackson, you know, really stopping to the captain's knock here. And I thought, you know, a guy like um, Kyle Flanagan and um, and Brennan Wakeham, you know, had had good games. You know, this was a game where we were all expecting to see uh, Jacob Rillo didn't come back in this game. So this was a really impressive performance when you think about some of the players missing Luke Thompson. Uh, Jay Cavarillo, they really did stand up and have, have, a, have a decent crack here. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, it's interesting how, how the final is going to pan out now. So at the moment, it's looking like it will be um, well, if, if the ladder position stays the same, you know, you've got Storm, Panthers, Rabbits, and Eagles. So Eagles are potentially investing a Storm in week one. And you got the uh, Panthers and Rabbits sort of rematch in um, the first week of the final. So that'll be interesting.
0: Yeah, so let's get let's get into the ladder now yeah, while we wrap yeah. up this up, mate. So first place Melbourne, uh tie with the Panthers on 42. Again, it's gonna be very interesting to see what lineups they do mm-hmm. throw. I think Melbourne's gonna throw the throw the towel in. Um I believe we've got the sharks in the last round. So the sharks yeah. need to win that game. So you know mm-hmm. the sharks are playing. More to play store. For. They they got everything to play for. So to me, l- let's switch them around just for the sake of this argument. So let's say Panthers have finished number one and versus Manly. Yeah. Then you've got Melbourne at two versus uh, the Rapids. Then you'll have Parramatta, who right now are in fifth, but did need to take on the Panthers in the last round. So let's switch the Roosters into fifth. And let's say right now, Sharks or Raiders. But Parramatta and Newcastle is like pretty much going to be locked in there. It's very nice. I like all those finals matchups. Normally in round one, there's like that dud matchup where you're like, oh, I don't really want to see that. Again, <laughs> I, I want to see Roosters Raiders. I want to see para Newcastle. I want to see Melbourne Manly, uh, uh, Panthers Manly and Melbourne Rabbits. To me, they're, they're all great matchups. And you look yeah, at the, and you look at the, like obviously the bottom line Bulldogs already wrapped it up. Broncos now look like they're going to be second last with the Cowboys moving up to 14th. But then you've got this little battle here of, you know, from um, 10th place is the Titans on 20. Then on 18, you've got the Warriors, Dragons and the Tigers. Your season looks a lot different if you finish tenth versus thirteenth. So there's definitely something to play for for all these games. And before we do go, let's quickly just jump into next week's games. And you know, before team lists and all these things, kind of jump into it because it's a great game. It's the way that this has all panned out. First game, Raiders Roosters potentially are going to be a a preview of the week 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 one of the finals. Then you got the first game on Friday is that Shark Storm game going to be very interesting? A lot to play for there. Last game on Friday. Parapanthers, a lot to play for there. Then you got on the first Saturday game, Broncos Knights. Obviously, not that much there. <laughs> no, no, there's I'm nothing not. doing that. <laughs> no offense. You got Manly, yeah. who obviously want to lock down the top four spot against the Cowboys. Yeah. You got the Rabbits you need you take on the Dragons. Titans, Warriors, who are right next to each other on the table, and then Tigers and Bulldogs that finish it. So, look, there's going to be some, there's going to be some definite feeling in next week's games, and there's a lot of, uh, I think last year with about three rounds left, we knew what most of the matchups are going to be. The, the beauty about this season is it's all to play for. Cause literally not one team in the top eight have a spot secured. It can all move around. The only one that's basically locked in is the rabbits in third, uh, but everyone else can move, you know, M- Melbourne and Panthers can switch. You got the sharks and the Raiders who can switch. You got para uh, and the Roosters and mainly that can all switch. There's just, it's going to be a really, really fascinating weekend on footy because Going in with this much excitement, you know, obviously some supercoach finals, you know, your classic comps, in some draft comps as well, mix that in with basically every team having something to play for, essentially. It's going to be an absolutely outstanding week of footy. Yeah, that's right.
1: Just thinking, you know, um, the fact that, you know, everything's going to be playing Queensland, it's such a, it's such a shame. You're not going to get that hard ground advantage, you know, seeing a full blue Bet Stadium or, you know, Bank West or something. Um, But yeah, it is what it is in the current climate, and we just got to make do.
0: And I think that's why, like for a Melbourne and a Craig Bellamy, I think they don't mind throwing that game and coming second. You know what I mean? Because there's really no difference. You're not playing at Panthers, or you're not. You're basically playing at Suncorp, or you're playing at uh, Seabus. You know, there's gonna be no difference. So home ground taken out of it. It's now just up to the players who are fit and the coaching to get them over the line here. So that's why I'm out. I can't wait because to me, normally round 25 is a pretty junk round when you think about it especially from a super coach perspective, Um, you know, a lot of players resting. This year, there's not that, like to me, Melbourne and maybe the Rabbits are the only team that are going to rest. Everyone else has someone to play for here. So I, I can't wait to see it, mate. It's going to be good stuff to watch.
1: Yeah, another week of footy to get us through this uh, pandemic lockdown.
0: That's it, mate. Well, look, thanks for coming on, mate. And again, uh let the super gods be in your favor. Let's all pray for Dom, 22 points. You can do this, mate. Matt Burton, unicorn points, it's coming
1: i'm not holding my breath but um in any case like i said i'm not looking forward to a tommy Turbo dicking if i make it through anyways (laughs)
0: all right well thanks for coming on mate and thanks everyone for listening have a great day hear from you soon cheers